tonight. In the book of Ruth, if you have your Bibles, in the book of Ruth, we're going to turn to chapter number four. The book of Ruth, chapter number four. I'm going to try to be obedient to what I believe, the, how the Spirit is leading us tonight. The book of Ruth, chapter number four. Um, as I finished my study this afternoon, <laughs> uh, felt good about everything and uh, prayed over it one more time and said, okay, Lord, here we, here's what we're going to do. It's what, you feel, what, I'm, what I'm supposed to do. And me and my wife, we went out to get something to eat. And as we're traveling, Miss Shelby, she sent us a, a little video, a picture of little Isla there at the house playing. And uh, she had her daddy's shoes. And uh, you, you could hear on the video, she had her a big old boot. She said, daddy's shoes, daddy's shoes. She put her hand down in it, daddy's shoes, daddy's shoes. Man, that just got to work into my heart. And I felt like God was moving me further and further away from preaching out of the book of Mark to go over here to the book of Ruth. And so tonight, with God being our helper, I want to preach on the sign of the shoe. The sign of the shoe. In Ruth chapter 4, verse 1, Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho! Such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's and of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malan, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place ye are witnesses this day. The sign of the shoe. Now we see that we have Elimelech and Naomi living in the land of Bethlehem, Judah. And a famine came to Bethlehem, Judah, and they moved towards Moab. Moab means 
my wash pot. That's what God said. Down there, they took their two boys, Malon and Chilion. And while they were there, Elimelech died out of the will of God, intending at some point in time to take his family back. But instead, he died out of the will of God. And now there's Naomi with her two boys. And her two boys, not intending to go back, marry girls, Orpah and Ruth of Moab. And after 10 years' time, both boys die. And now we have Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah, three widows, and we have three graveyard cemetery plots. And a witnessing stranger tells Naomi, there is bread back in Bethlehem. And Naomi says, I'm going home. And Ruth and Orpah start to go with her. And Naomi says, wait, daughter-in-laws, your people are Moabites. My people are the Jews. You stay here and raise up children. Get married and raise up children. Have families here because I'm old. And even if I got married again, I'd be starting all over again to have more children. This is never going to work. So Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and turned around. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And together they come back to Bethlehem, Judah. And as they approach, the townspeople say, is this Naomi? Is this the lady, the pleasant lady that went out 10 years ago with her family? And Naomi, with the marks of being out of the will of God in her life, says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. He's afflicted me, for I went out full, and I've come home empty. And the Bible says, so Naomi returned, she and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. When you come to chapter number 2, the Bible says that Ruth says she's going to go work and glean in the field. You see, there was a law that says that if you were, a, a, if you were poor, if you were a widow, if you were a stranger, if you were fatherless, you had a right to glean in the corners of the field. And Ruth qualified in all of those four areas. She was poor. She was a widow. She was a stranger. And she was fatherless. The Bible says in Ruth 2 verse 3 that her hap was to light on a part of the field which belonged unto a man by the name of Boaz. You remember Boaz? Uh, he had a daddy named Salmon, and he had a mama named Rahab, who once was a harlot. And now here this young man is grown up, he's very wealthy, and he owns all these fields, and Ruth is out there working. In verse number 5, look with me in chapter 2, verse 5, Boaz comes up to the servant uh, that said over the reapers, and he says, whose damsel is this? He didn't say, who is she? He says, who does she belong to? May I just say who you belong to is more important than who you are. Amen. And the Bible tells us that he has a discussion with Ruth and she says, why have I found grace in your eyes? And he invites her to come back there with all the, some of the other workers to sit at the house at mealtime. And the Bible says in verse 14 that he reached her parched corn, which was a delicacy. You must be pretty close to somebody for them to reach you something. Amen. And then he says to the workers when they go back out to the field, let handfuls of purpose fall just for her. Hallelujah. 
When we come to the end of verse 23 in chapter 2, the Bible says it's now the end of the barley and of the wheat harvest. In chapter 3, Naomi, the mother-in-law, says, Listen, I want you to rest. I want to find rest for you, my daughter-in-law. You need to go down there. You need to change your old burial clothes and you need to put on some new wedding clothes, some grace clothes, amen, and go down there to where Boaz is for he's winnowing barley tonight. She goes down to the threshing floor and she lays down at his feet. We wakes up nothing bad about it. He wakes up in the middle of the night. There's this lady and I want you to know he says, what are you doing? And she begins to talk to him and ask him for grace. And the Bible tells us that he, he gives her a blessing. Uh, says, I'm going to take care of you and everything's going to work out. And he gives her, he loads her down with this great blessing. She found out that you can find more resting at the feet of your Redeemer than you can work in all your life for it. Amen. May I say we need to learn to rest in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we come to chapter number four, not one more time do we see Ruth saying a word. She's not saying a word. She's not doing a thing. She's just resting in her Redeemer. And my Bible says that Boaz goes down to the gate of the city and he calls the elders and he finds the closer Redeemer and he says to that Redeemer, says, I want you to know that you have the right to redeem Naomi. She's selling all that she has. She's in bankruptcy you have the right to redeem it. And he says, you know what? Man, that's a beautiful field, beautiful parcel of land. I think I'm going to redeem it. He says, okay, that's great. But when you do, just know that you get a wife with it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want the land, but I don't know that I want a wife. Oh, she's not just any wife. She's a Moabitess. She's a stranger. She's a foreigner. Uh, her inheritance is marred. He said, oh, no, I don't want to mar my inheritance. And so the Bible says, that he drew off his shoe in verse number 8. Look with me in verse 8, chapter 4, verse number 8. That he drew off his shoe and he gave it to Boaz and he says, I'm giving you the right to redeem the field and the right to redeem Ruth the Moabitess. Boaz, look with me. Boaz says to them, he says, I have purchased... Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, I purchased her to be my wife. He drew off his shoe. What about that? That is what the near kinsman did, and he gave that shoe to Boaz, relinquishing his rights. Now, when I started studying back in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 25, that when a widow, when she's widowed, and she doesn't have any children, she would go and... Uh, to the next redeemer, the closest redeemer, and say, I'm going to ask you to, uh, one day we get married and raise up seed to my husband. And if he won't do so, the Bible says that she's to spit in his face and she's to take his shoe away from him. And he's known as the house of him that hath his shoe loosed. You see, your feet being shod is always symbolic of the ability to redeem. Moses was at the burning bush and God said, take your shoes from off your feet for you're standing on holy ground. Well, preacher Darren, it's just because he's on holy ground. No, Moses, this is about redeeming. Moses has already tried to redeem Israel. What? Oh yeah, he took it upon himself and he went out and he tried to work on his own 
and he tried, he killed an Egyptian, he tried to hide it from God. You see, trying to redeem on his own, he failed. God says, get out of your shoes. I must do the redeeming of Israel. There was a time that Joshua, he approached Jericho, the double-walled city, and he's uh, kneeling down there trying to scout and see what he needs to do, and he noticed there's a double wall and there's warriors that's got to be defeated, and Israel's been in the wilderness 40 years. They don't know anything about warfare. They don't have any bazookas or any M16. They don't know what they're going to do. And Joshua notices one that's over there standing with his sword drawn. Joshua says, are you for us or are you against us? And the man said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I come. It's a pre-incarnate Christ. He's not saying I'm choosing Jericho's side. He's not saying I'm choosing your side. He's saying I've come to take over. And he said to Joshua, loose thy shoe, not shoes plural, but just one. Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. God's saying, you can't redeem this land. Only I can redeem this land. I can fight the battle that you cannot fight. I cannot get in your shoes until you get out of them. I remember as a little boy, my daddy started preaching. I wrote down that scripture for him on a little old scrap piece of paper. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Many years later, God called me. I surrendered to preach. And when I stood up there, I'd hurt my foot during the week and couldn't even wear my Sunday slippers. Had a pair of sneakers on, couldn't even tie the shoes and limped up there as best I could and the devil was trying to get a toehold in my life and trying to defeat me and said I'd messed up and God had whipped me and hurt my foot to show me that I wasn't supposed to preach. But my daddy opened his Bible and he pulled out that same scrap piece of paper and said how beautiful are the feet of them that preach. This is what I think we need to learn. It's God that's got to do the preaching. It's God that's got to do the redeeming or it's not going to get done. Amen. So shoes have to do with authority and shoes have to do with the ability of redeeming. I'm thinking about the prodigal son. You remember when he said, give me the inheritance that belongs to me. The inheritance doesn't come to you till after the father's dead. That boy saying, daddy, I wish you was dead. Give what to me is due now. And so he goes off and wastes all that he has on riotous living. And finally he gets in a hog lot of sin. And he says, how many of the hired servants have plenty to eat? Here I am, a, a child of, of the Father, and I have nothing. I'm going to go home and say to my Father, I'm not worthy to be your child anymore. And he gets this whole speech prepared, and he starts for home. And his daddy's been looking for him for a long time. And the Bible says he runs out to meet him. And the Bible tells us that he began to kiss on him. He began to love on him. He kissed him and kissed him and kissed him. And as he brings him back home, he says, I want you to give him the ring. Put a robe on his back. Give him the ring of sonship. And I want you to give him new shoes. Hallelujah to God. Give him new shoes on his feet. You see that boy, he lost his ability to redeem. He's out of his shoes. But I want you to know I'm going to give him new shoes, amen, that he might be redeemed and that he might serve. Here is Boaz with, with all these things, Boaz, down at the gate. And he's saying, hey, if you get married, or if you, want to, if, you want to, if you want to buy or redeem this land, you're going to get married to Ruth the Moabitess. And the man drew off his shoe and said, I cannot do it. Just as Moses could not redeem Israel, just as Joshua could not redeem the Canaan land, just as I couldn't redeem anybody, 
God the Father is saying, amen, I want to do a work in your life. I I want to do some things for you that you can't do on your own. I, I want to conquer some things in your life and I'll not be able to do it until you get out of your shoes and you surrender them over to me. Look with me very closely in verse 9. I'm going to get to the thought. Boaz said unto the elders, after he's got the shoe in his hand, Boaz said unto the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. And you are witnesses this day. Think with me, think with me. Here is Ruth. She came to Boaz and now she's at rest. And Boaz says, I'm going to redeem you. For all of you tonight that deal with people who are hyper-Calvinists, notice with me in the scripture that Boaz has redeemed all that was Naomi's, All that was Elimelech's, all that was Ruth's, all that was Orpah's. Orpah was redeemed as well if she had made the choice to come back. She had a choice, amen. Amen. And she made her choice to stay in Moab, amen. Don't tell me that God just bonks them on the head and says, you're redeemed and you're not. It's about a choice. And Orpah could have been redeemed. He paid the price for Orpah's family's land, amen. And she made the choice not to come back. According to the scripture, I want you to know that here Boaz has that shoe and he takes that shoe and he hands it back to Ruth and he says, this old shoe represents the fact that I am going to redeem you. Can you just imagine there she goes down the road with that old shoe under her arm. And she walks, as she walks down the road, they look and say, is that Ruth, the Moabites, that came back with Naomi from the land of Moab? I mean, Ruth, is that you? Yes, it's me. What have you got in your hand? A shoe. Yeah, it's a shoe. Well, what on earth does that shoe mean? What's behind it? She says, I'll tell you what that shoe means to me. Number one, that shoe says that I'm worthless. You see, that shoe, when that kinsman drew it off, was saying, I'm not going to redeem that land. Now, at first, think with me. At first, when... Boaz said, will you redeem the land? He said, I want the land. Land is made out of dirt. But when he found out that Ruth the Moabitess comes as a wife with it, he says, oh no, I don't want it. Here, I surrender my right to redeem. What she's saying is, to him, I was worth less than dirt. Tonight, I want to tell you something. I'm just a worthless sinner. There's nothing good about me. I'm worth less than dirt. I'm wicked. I'm telling you, friends tonight, Jesus looked at me and said, I think you're somebody. You're just what I'm wanting. 
But for me, amen, it's a token that says I'm worthless. The devil didn't want me. He said he did, but he lied, amen. The law said he could help me, but it couldn't help me. It just pointed out my faults. And tonight, when I look at that old shoe tonight, I know that I am worthless. That according to, there is no good thing in me, amen. Look at my family tree and whom I'm related to. I'm related to a bunch of sinners, and so are you. I'm related to a crooked farmer by the name of Adam. I'm related to a drunken sailor by the name of Noah. And so are you. We are worthless sinners. That's what the old shoe is symbolic of. Amen. Ruth, my soul, why would you want to tote around something that says you're worthless? She says, well, it only, only tell me I'm worthless, but it tells me I'm wanted. What? Didn't you just say that? That kinsman redeemer said he didn't want you and that you were worth less than the land, that you were worth less than the dirt and that he didn't want you? She said, that's true. But Boaz, my kinsman redeemer, stepped forward and said, he may not want you, but I do. <laughs> and he gave me this as a token of his love and his promise saying that he loves me, he wants me. I'm glad to know tonight, thank God, I may be worthless, amen, but I am wanted by Jesus Christ. There's not one of us in this house tonight that he does not want. He wants you. He wants you to serve him. He wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to be working in your life. He wants you 24-7 in his life and in his kingdom. Now, for Boaz to take Ruth upon himself, he's going to be marring his reputation. He's going to be saying, I may be known as Boaz the wealthy, as Boaz the rich, but now I'll be known as Boaz the husband of Ruth the Moabitess. Ruth the sinner. Ruth the unclean. Ruth the unpure. He was willing to make himself of no reputation. In fact, when I read again verse number 10, after he says, I'm going to make Ruth the Moabitess my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Look with me. She was the wife of Malon. Malon died. And the law says that when the kinsman redeemer takes this one to wife, that he's not raising up children to his own name. He's raising up children to Malon who's dead. So again, Boaz will make himself of no reputation. He says, but I don't care what they say about me. I don't care what they think about me. I just know this. I love Ruth and I want her. And I'm willing to pay any price, whatever it is. I'm willing to do anything, whatever it is, that I might have her as my wife. I'm thinking about what the scripture says over in the book of Philippians. My Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. 
Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That in the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Just as Boaz said, I'm willing to make myself of no reputation. Jesus has done the same thing in that he was willing to take upon himself your sins and my sin. Hallelujah, youngins. He wanted us sinners because he loved us. Amen. When you look at that old shoe, it means that we're worthless. When you look at that old shoe, it tells us that we're wanted. Well, it's a little bit more than that. Ruth says, it doesn't just tell me that I'm worthless. It doesn't just tell me that, that I'm wanted. It tells me there's going to be a wedding. <laughs> Ooh-wee. It tells me there's going to be a wedding. That old, to- that old shoe is a token that I'm going to marry Boaz, the mighty man of wealth. This shoe is a token of his love. This shoe is a token of his promise. This shoe is his word to me. Is his word to me. Oh my, that old shoe is important to Ruth. And I want to say tonight that this old shoe is important to me. My Bible says in John chapter 14, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. There's going to be a wedding. Amen. Hallelujah. You may say, preacher, why do you carry that old shoe? I'll tell you why. It tells me that in my rags of sin, I am worthless. But it tells me that I am wanted by my Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And it tells me that one day, honey, there's going to be a wedding. Well, hallelujah. Well, why? Tell us why, Ruth, that a mighty man of wealth would want to marry a Moabitess girl like you. Aren't you a stranger? Aren't you a foreigner? I mean, how are you even here? She says, all of that is true, but all I can tell you is look right here. Here is the promise of his word, and I've got it. It's a treasure to me, and I'll carry it around everywhere. May I say to you, amen, his word is a treasure to me. They may say, preacher, you quit preaching it. You quit carrying it. It's outdated. You need a more modern version. Honey, I think I'll just stick with the old shoe that he gave me, amen. Hallelujah to God. I believe that Ruth, I believe she, she set that shoe up on the mantle there at her house. And I think sometimes when her mind in the middle of the night got to question, why would, why would Boaz love me? And, and the devil plays games with her and she begins to doubt things, cut the light on and 
There, that shoe's still sitting upon the mantle. His promise is still good. Oh, I'm telling you, I was just thinking just last night, the old devil's trying to launch an attack on my mind and trying to come against me saying, God don't love you. God don't care nothing about you. Your church don't want you around. That school's gonna go down. Y'all are never gonna make it. You borrow too much money. This is never gonna happen. And honey, I got up last night <laughs> and I cut the line on, amen. And I got the digging in his word and I saw his promises. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He said that he would provide for us every step of the way, honey. Don't tell me that I need to get some newfangled shoe that this one's out of style or the designs have changed, honey. I think I'll just stay with the old shoe that I have tonight, amen. You may say, well, preacher, there in the middle of the night, it's just a dream. Honey, it's real. Uh, Boaz gave Ruth his word, and Jesus has given me and you his word as well. This is my story right here, amen. Now, there are those tonight that are going to come in here and say, preacher, Darren, if you'd change the style of your music, if you'd change the book that you preach from, if you'd change your, your attire and, and come in more leisure, you'd get more people. But honey, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not here for the people. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to exalt the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm not changing because He's not changing. Amen. Amen. Now in chapter 4, verse number 13, my Bible says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And he went in unto her. The Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And we know in verse 17, and the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Oh, they named the little baby Obed. What about that? I could just see little Obed there up in his daddy's arms. He's a growing up. I can just see little Obed. Maybe Obed's, they set that shoe off the mantle there to dust around it for a little bit. And little Obed, the little baby, picks it up and picks it up and says, Daddy's shoe, Daddy's shoe. Mama says, no, 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 no. Listen, son, that represents, that's a token of Daddy's love. That's a token of Daddy's promise to us honey that's valuable to me that's my story that's my love story that's my promise honey and she sets it right back up there on the mantle I can just see little Obed as he's growing up there and looking at that shoe and maybe as he becomes a teenager you know how teenagers are they have all their buddies over and uh, they've raided everything in the pantry. They've ate everything, every snack, every little Debbie cake they got, every slice of pizza that they could get delivered to the house till the money's completely run out. And now all the friends have left. And little Obed, he's sitting over there, that young teenager, and he looks sad. His mom, Miss, Miss Ruth, she says, Obed, what's wrong? I mean, your friends, didn't y'all have a good time? Oh, we love my buddies. We had a great time. Well, honey, what's wrong? Well, they're making fun of me, Mama. What are they making fun of you about? they making fun of that old shoe we got up there on the mantle. They said it's outdated. They said it's square, man. Hey, they said it's, it's something that we need to change away from. It's just not a good look for our house. It, it makes them uncomfortable when they come over here, Mama. And I want you to know my friends, as they begin to make fun of me, I'm kind of embarrassed. And, and they've laughed at me, Mama. And, and nobody wears old shoes like this anymore. In fact, Mama, nowadays... That stuff's out of style. 
So mama, can we put that old shoe away? Don't leave it out where everybody can see. If you want to put it in the closet and hide it, that'll be okay. Can you see Ruth say, son, now just sit still for a minute. I won't talk to you. If it wasn't for this old shoe, honey, you wouldn't even be here. Yeah. Oh, man, that run through me. <laughs> Mama, you don't mean it. Oh, yes, lady, you listen to me, boy. If it weren't for that old shoe, you wouldn't be here. If it weren't for that old shoe, I wouldn't even be married. That old shoe represents a love story that your daddy had for me. And that old shoe, honey, has got me through a mini sleepless life. When I didn't know what I was going to do, honey, that old shoe has come right through for me. I want you to know that old shoe represents the story of grace that's been at work in my life and in your life. You think for a second, after Ruth has got married to Boaz, the field she once gleaned in, she governs. The house that she visited, she owns. The servant she begged from and worked in the corner around, she now oversees. Grace has given favor to a fugitive. Grace has brought her from hopelessness to happiness. Grace has taken us from brokenness to blessedness. So I'm going to tell you something, Bethel. I value that old shoe. I appreciate the word of God. I appreciate, amen, his promises to me in the midnight hour. And one of these days, his promise to me will ultimately be fulfilled when he walks himself down the aisle to wed the church, you and me. There may be somebody here tonight, I'm done, but there may be somebody here tonight, God spoke to you about a promise he's made you. And the devil's been challenging the devil's been quizzing. The devil's trying to tempt you sore, trying to get a hold of your mind. And I'm telling you tonight, there's somebody here, you need us to take the time and take your shoe off, get down this old altar and get up here in the gate and say, Lord, I'm giving to you the right to redeem. I've given to you the right to fulfill the promise. Lord, you get my shoes. And Lord, you can do in my family what I can't do. I've tried to text. I've tried to call. I've tried to fix it. But God, it won't work out. So Lord, I'm asking you, God, here's my shoes just like Moses got out of his shoes, just like Joshua got out of his shoes, just like the prodigal got out of his shoes, just like preacher Darren's got out of his shoes. I'm going to get out of my shoes and I'm going to say, Lord, fix it. Lord, help me. God, work it out. I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. Lord, here I come. You stand to your feet tonight. You stand to your feet tonight. Brother Seth, you come play. I think there's somebody here. Maybe you need to come to the altar. God switched my message today, this afternoon, after lunchtime, out of the book of Mark to share this tonight with you. Maybe you need to come. Don't you be embarrassed to get out of your shoe. Oh, you just humble yourself down before God and say, God, I know it seems crazy, but here's my shoe. Lord, I'm laying it before you. If you need to get out of both of them, you just do. And you lay them down like Moses or Joshua and say, God, there's a battle. God, there's a trial. God, 
we're going through a sickness. God, there's a dilemma. God, there's a hardship in my life. And here I come right now to surrender to you my shoe. Would you come tonight? Oh, surrender that shoe to him tonight. Would you do that to him? God, not my will, but your will be done. You know how it needs to be fixed. You know how it needs to be repaired. Father, tonight as we bow on bended knee, Lord, we surrender to you the shoe. Lord, tonight we ask you, God, would you help us? Lord, I remember back yonder when you saved us, you did everything for us we needed at that moment. And God, through the walk of life and through trials and difficulties, Lord, here we are. We're seeing like Joshua did a double-walled city with warriors all around. And who am I that I could get victory over this situation? Who am I that I could stop the enemy's attack? All I know, God, is I belong to you. And I come tonight, and I tell you, sir, I'm worthless. You said you wanted me. Here I bow in your presence. Lord, I surrender. I submit. God, would you take tonight? Would you work? Would you bless? Would you repair? Would you heal? Would you touch us tonight, God? Help us, God. Do that which can only be done by you. (laughs) Lord, I'm asking this, that you would go where I can't go. And you can be where I can't be. And you can conquer what I can't conquer. And I'm asking your help, sir. I'm surrendering and submitting to your authority. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.